Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via truckparkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. If you're a driver looking for a new trucking job, check out NCI. NCI offers the following. New Kenworth T680s, competitive wages, solo team, and students welcome, plus a full benefit package for you and your family. Check them out today at 888-311-7076. That's 888-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. Hey, drivers, are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the way station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And start bypassing the scales yourself. If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. Drivers, if you're looking for a local home everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber today. They have positions for Class A and Class B local drivers. They can take experienced drivers, students, and non-CDL drivers. With over 160 locations, chances are they have a position for you. So go to carterlumber.com forward slash TalkCDL and apply today. Again, that's carterlumber.com forward slash TalkCDL. Thank you. So scenario. A scenario? Yes. You're driving down the road and all of a sudden you see a driver in your oncoming lane coming straight at you. Do you know what you would do? Don't answer that. Okay. I've got that and like a bunch of driving tips this week that could save people's lives. Some crazy stuff. But first, I would like you to go ahead and give out the uh, booths for the truck shows. We've got the Florida truck show and we've got the Louisville truck show. All righty. So the Florida truck show, which the dates for that are... February 23rd and 24th, or is it the 24th and 25th? I think it's the 24th and 25th. That's Saturday and Sunday. The 23rd is the Friday. Okay. So February 24th and 25th, our booth for that one is 1729. And then the mats, the Mid-American, that one is March mm-hmm. 21st. 22nd and 23rd 
And our booth number for that is six. Ooh, my screen just went crazy. Six, six, one, zero, five. And if you are wanting VIP passes to Matt's, shoot me an email, Ruthann, R-U-T-H-A-N-N, at TalkCDL.com, and I can hook you up with the link so you can register your name and get yourself some free VIP passes. You're so nice to people. I know. I offered him the Jacob. Jacob sent me an email asking me to do more podcasts. Well, asking us to do more podcasts. I said, we're working on him. Do you want to go to Matt's? He said he works for TMC and only gets home on the weekends. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so that was your subtle way of doing a shout out to Jacob? Yeah, I guess I guess I did yeah, do a little shout out. You worked that in there pretty nice. Oh, thank you. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, onward. Onward. Uh, so, check this out. Here's a scenario. Scenario number one. I'm going to pose a couple scenarios for you. And for our audience. And, you know, a lot of them have their wives with them and they're driving down the road and they could could say, what would you do? So I might even title this, what would you do? What would you do? Do, 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 do. So here it is. Come to a four-way stop sign. Okay. Who has the right of way if somebody else is there with you? It's... Are you asking me to answer for sure? Yeah, I want, I want to know what your answer is. Okay, generally it's the first person that got there, but if you get there at the same time, it's the person to the right. That is 100% correct. No, I'm serious. Ding, 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 ding. But you know what's funny? Like, you pull up to stop signs, the people don't, they don't um, obey that rule. You know what I mean? In fact, some people just fly through the stop sign when they see somebody else coming so that they can... Yeah, they do like that quick stop. <laughs> I'll tell you where it's really prominent is like at the supermarket four-way stop sign you know what i mean like a lot of like if you look at this one that is near our our place right Mm -hmm. if you pull in there's like a little back road that comes into the supermarket but then it goes to that little shopping mall beside also and so you have a you have a, a stop sign that's coming in there you have a stop sign coming out of Publix. you have a stop stop sign coming from the little shopping plaza and then you also have a stop sign coming from Highway 19. And it's just like a little supermarket stop signs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Parking lot stops. Yeah. And they're still, you still legally have to obey them. But I w- I've watched people, they just zip through them. They don't even stop. Nobody uses a stop sign anymore. Do they? I do. I mean, I've seen people use them, but there are some, quite a few that just like to do that. They call them the California stop where they just do like a pause. That's not a California stop. They just pause. I just say it's stoptional. Stoptional. Okay, let's move on. Um, Do you know the rule? Are you ready for this one? I'm listening. I wonder if anybody knows this rule. Do you know the rule for a yellow light? Yes. You do? Give it to me. Well, you are to, it's a caution, so you're to proceed with caution, but you are also to slow down to get ready for the red. No. No? Then I'm wrong? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's technically, you're wrong. Okay. It says, if the light turns yellow, okay, here you are in your truck. Okay. Anyways, you're coming down the road. Light turns. I got Jake. You got a Jake? I thought you sent him tickets. <laughs> okay. no. Anyway, so no. Um, 
the light turns yellow as you're approaching an intersection. It says, use your judgment to determine the best course of action. Never go through a yellow light if you think you can safely stop before it turns red. So the rule of thumb is, if you feel you can stop at that light before it turns red, you are, you are to stop. See, some people gun it, I being one of them. Yeah. Okay. But like in Florida, people in Florida have taught me that. It's people in Florida go through the red lights. Yeah, nobody uses the lights in Florida. But, but no, the rule of thumb is if you're approaching and you can determine that you could have safely stopped, then you are to stop. Now, that's probably what a cop uses when he sees that light turn red. Is it turning red as you're going under or are you blatantly going through? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I never, honestly, I never had it worded that way. No, I've never heard it worded quite like that. Right. So anyways. Although I might have heard it worded when I read through the rules, but just never really realized that's the way it worded it. Right. I mean, I guess that makes sense. You know, I mean, it probably, I think a lot of the lights in Florida now are designed once it turns red it pauses a couple seconds before the next move. Remember back in the day, as one turned red, the other one turned green, like almost simultaneously, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, for example, this red light up, up the road from us, it was famous for a lot of people still trying to beat the yellow, and it turns red while they're going through, and then the other northbound light turned green right away, causing a lot of accidents. I don't see the accidents at that intersection as much as I used to. I think that they, um, I think a lot of the companies that do the red lights now have made that transition of that pause that you're talking about because of that. Usually I know when I go and it, it turns red and I'm sitting at a red light before when it turns green, I literally, I pause. Sometimes I'll even count like one, two, you know, and I look both ways before I even pull out because there's too many people that go through the red lights here. Yeah, and I and I notice a lot of people now doing that. So that's why I don't honk my horn at somebody when the light turns green and they're in front of me, unless they're like sitting there for thirty seconds, and I'll give them a little toot. But well, if you see them looking down with yeah. their phone in their hand, then yeah, definitely. Exactly. Okay, ready for next one? Sure. All right. What's the rule of thumb if a deer jumps in front of your car? Sausage. Sausage. It's <laughs> a good rule. Hamburger. <laughs> Steaks. Okay. Um, if a deer jumps in front of you, you're not to swerve. That is correct. Anything else? <laughs> Make sure you get them good. I don't know. <laughs> Make sure you kill them if you're going to run them over. Okay. No. Um, here's the rule. While it's natural to be momentarily overcome with terror... Do your best to stay calm. That's number one. In fact, that should be like, they recommend that just about for everything. Stay calm. Mm-hmm. Keep both hands securely on the wheel. Apply the brakes firmly and never swerve. Okay. Um, swerving in an attempt to not hit an animal is dangerous because obviously you could 
hit a tree, a pole, somebody walking, or go into oncoming traffic and be hurt or killed yourself. So do you remember we actually taught our daughters that? And yeah. Do you remember Sabrina? She swerved. No, she didn't swerve. No, she hit it. She hit it and then what, she cried. What, what was it that she hit? A raccoon or a possum? No, or something? it was like a possum. And she came home bawling. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Now, she was in a car, not a tractor trailer. Yeah. But I, I remember that when she first got her license, she came home because she's like an animal. I remember when she was a little girl, she hid, what was it? Bird. Birds. She got she got a, a bird's nest and put them in her drawer. And she hid them underneath her How bed. How old was she when she did that? Like eight. six, seven, eight? This is weird. She but hid them under her bed. She, she was a big animal lover. And she so, still is. Right. Mm. She still is. And so when she got her, her license, like, I don't know. It wasn't long after she came home crying her eyes out. Yeah, she hit it. I didn't want to say it was a possum. I think it was a possum. Possum and her armadillo. One of those two. But she did what she was told. Right. She didn't swerve. She kept going. All it had was a little bit of that that damage underneath. Was there damage? It was like that that black piece that said oil pan cover or something like that. It hit there or something. Right. But the bottom line was... Dead possum, daughter alive. Exactly. Daughter not wrecked. Mm-hmm. Daughter a little upset over dead possum, which is an overgrown rat to me. But either way, that's what happens when you teach somebody correctly and they listen. So good for her. Well, when you swerve to miss an animal, you have a higher likelihood of the animal actually changing directions to try and miss you and end up hitting them anyways. Do you remember the Geico commercial with the squirrels? Yeah. And like they would wreck somebody and then they high five. Yeah. Yeah. I'm imagining the slap thingies that they do. Yeah. So, so, and you know, with a tractor trailer, don't swear. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, Even and, to think of it. Right. And so really, and I'll tell you one of the best ways to, to not swerve is to, to be prepared for this stuff. You know what I mean? You know, have it in your mind. Anything like this happens, this is what you're going to do. Yeah, nobody wants to be in an accident. But, you know, if it comes to hitting the deer or swerving and making things a lot worse because you're afraid it's going to shift or something like that, you're going to have a lot worse that you're going to have to deal with. Exactly. So... Just have your mind set on it, and, and it'll work. Um, okay, next scenario. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. This is one that everybody hates. You, you're driving either at dusk or dawn, and guess what's in your eyes? The sun. Right. You come to one of those roads where you're coming up a slight hill, and it's like it literally makes your whole windshield into a, a bright, blinding glare. Mm-hmm. What's the rule of thumb, Ruthann? Tell our audience, come on, what What do we have if she makes this, Johnny? <laughs> Seriously, what do you think it is? You gave me a weird look. You kind of threw me off there. Well, I'm trying to think what the what a rule would be for that. Um, sunglasses, tilt your visor. Well, no, no, no. Don't, don't try and pass people because you don't know if they're coming at you. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't really know. Okay, what? what do you think people tend to do when they, all of a sudden, they're blinded? What do you oh, think? Oh, slam their brakes on. Exactly, and that's a no-no. Obviously, because what do you think the guy behind you is seeing? 
The same exact thing. Right. If you slam on your brakes in the blinding sun and there's somebody coming behind you, uh-oh. You got like a rear end. You're getting whacked. Mm-hmm. And it may be your fault, especially if he has a dash cam. Um, here's what it says. Uh, try to limit your reaction as much as possible. Don't slam on the brakes or swerve. Some people might think, okay, if I swerve over here, it won't be as bright or whatever. Mm-hmm. So don't brake, don't swerve, as this could pose a danger to both you, yourself, well, you are yourself, <laughs> yourself and other drivers around you. Do your best to continue on your path and remain predictable to other drivers. This is just one of the things they should teach in driver's ed. Now, listen to this. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking to myself, something else that really, really helps in this kind of scenario is paying attention. Because if you're paying attention, then you should already know how close a possible vehicle is in front of you. And then also, as soon as you get that bright light, you might think to yourself, oh, wait a second, what's the guy in front of me doing? Right. You could see what your surroundings are. Right. You know what I also do? Honestly, I make it a practice, and this really helps. As soon as you come up on a light like that, if you grab your visor and just bring it down to like where half of your eye level is, you know what I mean? Like right where it starts to block out, and you can you can now see once you, you're, you're behind the visor and just looking below it. I'm telling you, that works. Yeah, as long as you're not too short like some people like me. Okay. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if your visor is down. You're going to get smacked in the eyeballs. Okay, so then use your hand. That's what I do. Yeah. Use your hand. Bring your hand, you know, down right halfway across your eyes. And you can, you know, not touching your eyes, but out far enough. Mm-hmm. And you, it will create a, a clear sight. You know, there's um, their visor covers. And what they do is they clip onto your visor. And when you are in a uh, situation like that or at night when the lights the oncoming lights are glaring at you mm-hmm. it's a it's a a yellow a yellow visor that flops down below your regular visor so it's like two visors then but what happens that yellow one's then more or less right in front of your eyes to where it's like a big sunshade to mm-hmm. where you don't have the glare in your eyes then but I don't know. I haven't used it. I had gotten one from my mom the one time. I just never used it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it sounds like it, it probably would work because it would, you know, limit the sun coming through. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to help. But like I said, I'm one of those lazy people that just never used it. But you know what else I can't, I, I really can't stand that happens. And it's along the same line as, do you ever have someone that's in front of you and the way the light's hitting their mirror, their side mirror, or, or mm. the car in front of their, their, their winch, their back window. And that reflects the light right in you. No matter where you're trying to move in your car, mm-hmm. you can't get that light out your eyeballs. So you're trying to pass them then just so you don't have to deal with them. Well, cars, especially cars are designed differently than they were before in their aerodynamics. So a lot of them do, you know, have like that mirror effect, Mm -hmm. you know, you have like one or two that you'll come across in like, you know, so long. Yeah. It's even like if you put your window down in most airtight cars, now you got that, you got to crack another window. Hurts my ears because of that. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. of what's going on there. Mm -hmm. 
Very good. Okay, next one. More? Oh, yeah, I've got a couple. Oh, cool. A couple driving tips. Cool. Um, here's another one that really creates problems because of pride. When another driver is tailgating you, what's the rule of thumb? Let him go around you. That really is. That is the rule of thumb. It really is. If you don't like my driving, go around me. A, a lot of people, well, or move over. Like if yeah. you're like, you know, how like, like, you know, the left, the left lane Louis, mm-hmm. right? The ones that are in their little safe space, they got to mm-hmm. get in the, le- in the passing lane and just go down the road. Those people cause problems. But here's the problem. You'll get some guy that comes up behind them and he'll put his high beams on them. Like, um, you know what? I ain't going around you. You need to move out of the way. You need to learn the rules. Get your ass out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's the problem with that. First off, this article says, um, if cars tailgating behind you and honking, pull over and let them go by. It may be a legitimate emergency. Mm-hmm. Seriously, like, like they may have a woman having a baby in the car screaming, you know what I mean? Or maybe somebody has a medical emergency and they're trying to get them to the hospital, heart attack victim, somebody bleeding really bad. And because they come up behind you, all right, and you think, screw you, you ain't going to tell me what to do. It becomes a bad situation for everybody because some people, what they'll do is they'll get behind a slow car or they'll get beside the slow car in the regular lane and they'll just now cruise at at like a speed where nobody can pass. Right. Kind of like two swift drivers trying to pass each other. Hmm. Right? Seriously. That's mm-hmm. it, it's like you're you're stuck there. Well, some drivers will purposely will purposely literally stay there because they think you're being an aggressive driver behind them, not realizing that there's actually something bad going on in the vehicle behind you. So advice, move over. Move. Tell you what, you get the wrong guy that has an emergency and he may pull a gun out and shoot your tires out. That's true. You don't know who's, you don't know who the crazy is there, but I'm one of those I would get over. In fact, I'll try and get over. And sometimes what happens is I'll have people going and coming up on my right side, not giving me the chance to get out their way. I tell you what, I am getting better myself at getting out of somebody that like all of a sudden is up my rear end. But that's the one thing that I do do is when I'm coming down the highway, if there's not a lot of traffic and I see somebody slow in the passing lane, you know what? I just go around. I I get over to where I'm not even getting near his, his rear end. I just go around him anymore because most people are like oblivious to their surroundings going down the road, especially car drivers. Yeah. Ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. This one's this one here is I th- I didn't now this is what experts say, by the way. What do you do if there's an approaching tornado? Ah, how's that for a scenario? An approaching tornado. You're going down the road and all of a sudden you see a big old tornado coming. You, let's just say you're on an interstate. You see the tornado and you know this is a possible danger. You, what do you do? Well, you're not to get into an underpass. I know that. They say you want to really stay out of that. But you want to go to a ditch. So I would, if I was coming down the interstate or somewhere and a tornado was coming near me, 
I would pull over and I would find the, a ditch or something that I could climb down into and hold on to. Because tornadoes don't generally go into the ditch. They go over them. Well, you know, your advice is not bad. Um, let me, let's, you're partly there. Here's what it says. It says, while your instinct may be to pull over under an overpass to wait it out, you may still be potentially exposed to the dangers of flying debris. If traffic is light, try driving out of the tornado's path by moving at a right angle away from the vortex. If not, park and make your way inside a sturdy building. If you're in an open country area, you ready for this advice? Exit the car and try to get to try to get as far from any trees, cars, or other large structures and lie face down, covering your head with your arms and make sure you know these rules. Now, uh, I don't quite think I agree with run into a field and lay straight down. I like your advice of a ditch. That's what I was always told. Right. And he said, and it says, you may be in danger of debris coming at you in the underpass. I still like getting to the underpass because the tornado, is it going to be able to suck your car out from under the, the overpass? It's just going to, you know, have stuff flying into it. Um, I've seen videos. Like, have you ever seen a video of, you know, like where people have caught tornadoes while they're, while they're there? You could see where people are being, like, pulled. Like, they're trying to hold on to something because they're being sucked out of the underpass area. And, um, like, their legs are flopping around and they're, like, holding on to, like, something. I've seen those. But um, that's why I was always told you weren't supposed to go into the overpass or underpass, whichever one to call it, mainly because of the fact that you, um, it will suck the stuff, you know, suck the air from there. I think I would bang it into 13th gear and just crank it and go. Go in the opposite direction? I, I would I'll, I would just boogie out of there. I think that would be, to me, what I would do. Now, if I, if I looked ahead, right, and you could tell that it's, like, on the interstate and moving toward you, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so, you know, you would be able to, you know, if you were paying attention, you could see tornado way out. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a flip and I'm rocking back. You know what I mean? I am. I'm, cr I'm cranking it back. I am. That's, I'm just telling you what I would do. I'm not telling anybody else to do it. I'm doing a flip. I'm saving my Pete and I'm rolling. <laughs> you have a Pete, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyways, you want the next one? Sure. Is there a next one? Oh, uh, you just asked me. Check this out. What happens if you're driving at night or in a whiteout condition in a snowstorm with limited visibility or in fog? What What do you think? What's the scenario there? What's the answer? Um... Okay, so it said a whiteout, mm. limited visibility, fog, or snowstorm. Did it say all of those are at night or just... Uh, just in general, any one of them. Like, yeah, night. It is night. What do you think? 
So just think for a second. Whiteout conditions at night, fog conditions at night. You know, what, what do you think? Just picture yourself right now. You're driving on and all of a sudden you, you're, it's, it's dark and all of a sudden whiteout or all of a sudden heavy fog. Well, we had heavy fog a couple, like two weeks ago right. when we we're on our way back from dance. And I, it was a great opportunity to show that to Becca. And I said, first of all, I turn off my regular lights and I turn my fog lights on because if not, something with the high beams that go on and, you know, the passport has fog lights on it. So I showed her the fog lights and we're driving down and I said, isn't this so eerie? We know there's a red light right up there. We could see um, nothing though. Like there's no sign of anything around. I said, doesn't it feel like it's a creepy horror movie or something? And she's like, this is like really weird because she's never experienced that before. But you just go slow so that you're not going to be, you have enough time to stop if need be. So if it was, you know, if I was in an area I didn't know, or even because I knew this area, I still didn't go super fast. I went according to what my ability was for the distance that I could see. So I wouldn't go fast. I would go really slow. And if it got to where I really could not see more than, you know, I would say a few feet, then I would just pull over and wait it out. Yeah, I mean, that's good advice. What about your lights? Well, you don't put a high beams on. Very good. That's why I put my fog lights on. Yeah, high beams literally will make it harder to see in most situations like that. You know, the, the couple things that, you know, obviously, you know, don't panic, slow down. But here's, there's two kind of people that cause accidents in whiteouts in foggy conditions. Number one, the guy that slows down to almost nothing. Okay. Yeah, they should just pull over. Right. That guy literally is is a hazard also. Because really the thing you really want to do to me cuz you know when we lived in PA, you know, 81 was is notorious for heavy fog. How many pileups have been on 81 in heavy fog? Mm-hmm. Huge amounts. And one of the things I learned about driving in fog is Two things, you you this 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 article says increase following distance. Okay, but what you really want to do is you everybody really needs to be at a safe speed, whatever the traffic determines it. Okay, and then also the guy in front of you, if you can see his lights, that helps you guide. The other thing that helps you is the broken lines on the. You know what I mean? Between the two lanes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see that. The other thing is, the other hazardous guy is the guy that thinks he can drive really fast. And he's going to show everybody, hey, man, keep up with me. That's the guy that runs into the guy going too slow. You see, that's the problem when it comes to that. And like Ruth Ann said, lighting is huge when it comes to the, to whiteouts. And just keeping your low beams on or your fog lights is the only, in fact, Ruthann, I've, I've seen people literally just go with parking lights or no lights with their, well, four ways also blind you. Um, and just to, and stay behind somebody with their brake lights. 
Hmm. I've never done that, but I'm just telling you. Okay. Uh, another one. Okay. Water on the road. What do you do when approaching water on the road? What is the advice? What's the rule of thumb? Do you know what experts say? No, never to drive any deeper than a certain amount. Do you know, mm. do you know what it is? I know it's only just a few inches, but right. if it goes up so far up your four, tire. Four inches. Yeah, because that splash can come in and it could actually drown your engine up. Right. So, and they say never drive into the water, especially moving water. You know, sometimes you'll see like flash flooding going across. The yeah, it could take you away. Right. And it also makes your brakes squeak when you get in water. Right, exactly. So they say the best way to do is, you know, if it's safe, get out and test it with a stick to see how deep it is. Well, the last hurricane, they said, don't get out and test any of it because they had so much flooding. There was like snakes and gators in them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying this is what experts say. If you, if you have to go through it, you got to somehow find out how deep it is. Right. Because water can be deceiving. You know, you don't know if there's like a little dip in the road. It could be four feet and you don't even know it. You might think it's not. But it could be. Unless you're in an area like 78 that has potholes and you're going through and it goes from four inches to four feet because it's a pothole. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like the GW. No. Okay. So listen, I we finally got to two questions. One we asked in the beginning, what do you do when there's an oncoming vehicle? In your lane, head-on collision at stake. You have seconds, if that. What What's the rule of thumb? Do you know what the rule of thumb is, for real? Honestly, no, I don't know what the rule of thumb is. I know if I see them far enough ahead, I would probably flash my lights and try and get them distracted. But if I see, you know, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you what I would do, you know, to, I guess it would be different if it was dark or if it was daylight. Well, actually, you gave not bad advice. Get their attention if you can. Honk horn, flash your lights, do what you can. But you may only have seconds to do this. Mm -hmm. So here's the rule of thumb. And I never knew this, but this is what experts say happens. Okay, when there's an oncoming vehicle in your lane, it says um, coming toward you. Try to get the driver's attention, like you just said, by honking your horn, flashing your lights, while planning a way to avoid direct hit. See, you don't even have time to panic when something like that happens. You need to act. Okay? So, obviously, you want to slow down. That's my advice. Um, it says, don't stare at the oncoming vehicle. This is the part I never knew. He's, it says, because... As your car will follow your line of sight. So you're pretty much going to end up steering where you're looking, it says. That's the rule of thumb with people and habits. And it might be hard to, to not look at it. That's why it seems like when, okay, um, you ever, you ever um, you're walking towards somebody in a crowd and they're in your path. You go right and they go left. Then you go left, they go right. And so you're, and it looks like you're dancing together. You're both making the same move and you can't get out of each other's way. You ever do that? Yes. Okay. Well, that's the same rule of thumb because why? Because you're looking at each other. And so your eyes are going 
with the movement. And so if you stare at an oncoming vehicle, experts say your body is going to follow your eyes. That's what they say at night. You're not supposed to look at your at the oncoming traffic. You're not supposed to look at their headlights. You're supposed to look straight ahead because if you look towards their headlights, you're going to start drifting over towards them. So it's here's what it says. It says, instead, look where you want to go, be it a lane over or the shoulder. You know, one of the things that I was taught in driving was a trucker should always be watching for escape routes. You know what I'm saying? Like, as you're going down the interstate, you should always be aware of a field that you could you could go into or a, a, a wide shoulder or, you know, uh, over to the other side, whatever the case is, to be able to plan any kind of an emergency that could come up. You know, the one of the things that I would tell anybody, you know, with all these scenarios, if you're prepared in your mind and you're paying attention, you have probably a thousand times better chance of coming out of that situation and not into an accident versus somebody's mind that's not on the driving fully. Mm-hmm. You want the last scenario? Sure. Carjackers. How do you prepare for carjackers? When you don't even know they're there. Hmm. Exactly. It says now you're at a truck stop. And and recently we've seen where truckers have gotten jacked. Got, somebody jumps in the cab, it jumps in the truck with them, right? And puts a gun to them or a knife and forces them or takes their truck or even in a car. They say, have your remote always in your hand. And right before you get to it, is when you unlock it, jump in and lock. You should always do that, always, especially in dark areas. But more importantly, guess what you should be doing? You should be aware of your surroundings. You should be watching at all time for any human being near your vehicle. Personally, if you see somebody, you know what I mean, walking near your vehicle, you know, maybe they're, you know, a lot of times you don't take that in consideration. You know someone's there. Maybe they're going to another vehicle. They're just coming through right? Between two trucks or in a car parking lot, whatever the case is, right? You know, you're better off doing, you're better off making a turn and going a different way. Just go towards somebody else versus going towards anybody near your vehicle. Get in, lock it and roll. Yeah. I, I, my, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if someone was near my car, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go near them. You know, I wouldn't go, I would go in another direction. I wouldn't go near my car if there was someone that I didn't know by there. You know, of course, I have my gun on me at all times, but, you know, it's not something that I want to just use. I'd want to, you know, try not to use it because, you know, using it's still going to end up hurting someone. Yeah, I think they say if somebody's within 20 feet of you, it's almost impossible for you to get your gun out and shoot somebody. If they want to get to you. Right. Remember in the movie, um, it was about, uh, um, what's his name? The teamster Hoffa. Well, they said that, you know, to, to be able to pull out your gun or a knife to get to someone, it's very difficult to go through that and have, 
the time needed to protect yourself if someone's already coming up at you with their gun or their knife. Well, in in real life and in the movie, um, what's his name plays Hoffa? Uh, 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 Al Capone. Al, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't even think of his name. Not De Niro, but the other Pacino? one. Al Pacino. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. Okay. So uh, a guy pulls a gun out and goes to shoot him in court. This is a true story. but And they showed it in court. And so what did, what does Hoffa do? He dives towards the guy, gets the gun off him, decks him. They arrest the guy, right? He was there to assassinate Hoffa. And so the news media was there. And they're like, you know, you were brave. You know, what made you do that? He goes, oh, that's just the rule of thumb. If somebody has a gun, you run towards them. He said, if someone has a knife, you run away. Run, and then he kept going, and he kept going. Run towards the knife, run towards the gun, away from the knife. Run towards the gun, away from the knife. It was a, a pretty famous scene in the movie. But he's right. Somebody has a knife. You don't want to go towards somebody with a knife because they're all ready to cut you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? All they got to do is swing, jab, whatever the case is, right? Mm -hmm. But if somebody is pulling out a gun and they're close enough to you, right? You go towards them. Even though people see a shooter in a mall, right? And they all run for cover. You're better off running at the guy and tackling him, come up from behind him. You know, I'm just saying that's the rule of thumb. Run towards the gun away from the knife, at least according to Hoffa. Well, I can tell you I got a knife and a gun. Ha <laughs> ha. So yeah, pull out your knife instead of your gun. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I would probably, I just, I wouldn't want to be in the circumstances of that, of that to begin with, but. I agree. So anyways, there are the scenarios, what to do's or driving tips, whatever you want to call them. What do you got for me today? Do you know the FMCSA is going to remove a whole boatload of MEs, which is medical examiners from the registry? So they're taking doctors out. Yeah. Well, you know that all doctors have to be DOT certified now in order to give, you know, physicals and drug screens. Right. If they're going to be doing um, your, your DOT physical or your drug screen, they have to be certified through the FMCSA to be able to provide those services. So why are they yanking out? You said 15,000 of these doctors. Yes. 15,000, like 157 or something like that. They're getting yeah 15,727. So just under 16,000 medical examiners are not abiding by the FMCSA rules and regulations to report the driver's physicals. They're not even logging into the portals. So so the doctors aren't even logging into their mm -mm. account? Nope. They're, they're seeing that these doctors are not logging in. They're not doing anything with the, I think it's like login.gov for the FMCSA. So they're not even doing any of it. And of course they could see it that they're not logging in, that they're not using the credentials that are needed. So the ones that are not doing this, the FMCSA is going to start removing them from the registry so that they can. The problem that these doctors are not realizing is going to happen to them is as soon as they get removed, they also lose their credentials for doing physical, the DOT physicals. So they're really screwing with themselves unless they don't want to be a doctor that doesn't do those physicals anymore. They are making it now difficult, but I would definitely 
look at a doctor that's going to be doing your physical and ask them, have you logged into your portal lately? Or are you going to be removed from the, from the FMCSA? Because I want to make sure my physical is being reported like it's supposed to. You know what I'm thinking? Hmm. Yeah, it's not funny, but you know, the other reason the doctor might not have logged in is he might be dead. I'm sure there is probably a couple of them that might have done that. Out of 15,000 doctors that haven't logged in, I'll bet you there's a handful that really are, you know, maybe they died or retired or, or whatever the case is, and they just never, you know turn their practice over to somebody or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. So they may find that there's a handful that are dead, but it sounds like probably a lot of them are just being negligent. Right. And that's what they're looking at. And they just, they don't want to have a doctor that's not being, not following the rules and the guidelines. They don't want a negligent doctor being on, on their system. So they have like so many days to get, um, you know, get logged in and then provide the information that they need but I think it's going to take close to a year to get everything completely updated out of their system. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what else do you have for us? You have the, the, uh, the word by I, boy, I am like the word, the word, the word mind. is the bird, but bird is not my word. Okay. What is your word? All right. You have it ready. I do. All right. Let's hear it. Veridical. 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 So it has is, is it anything to do with up and down? No. Is it anything to do with vertical? No. Veritical. Veridical. Interesting word. Um, give it to us. Truthful. Really? Coinciding with reality. So veridical would be like verdict. Veridical. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Give me a sentence. I can always count on my mother to give vertical advice. Even when I daydream, my thoughts remain quite vertical. Veridical. Yeah, veridical. Sorry, I said said vertical. Right, exactly. (laughs) Sorry, veridical. All right. Well, hey, we hope to see everybody at the show and coming up here. It's it's only a few weeks away, really. Um, What, four weeks away to the first show? And Ruth Ann's really looking forward to being in Louisville. I know you are, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I, it. I really enjoy Louisville. I don't like how cold it gets. So I keep trying to think of a way to not to survive the warmth, you know, with warmth while I'm there. Okay, dress warm. I, I try to. All right. Ruth Ann, we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.